Welcome, one and all, to another episode of the Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast. My name's Imran, TJ Sutherland, Dan Colacott, with new episodes released on the first and third Mondays of the month. Catch Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast at foreverinelectricdreams.com. How's it going, everybody? TJ Sutherland, aka Back for the Bacon, here on the Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast. As I'm sure you know by now, our new shows go live on the first and third Monday of every month. And you can find all of our previous shows on our website, which is forever in electric dreams.com. Uh, and you can also get us on our Twitter as well, which is at forever electric. As always, my cohorts for our discussion today are Dan Collicott, AKA bath time bandit. Hello. <laughs> uh, Dennis Jose Francois, AKA hottie McHot sauce. Hey. <laughs> And Imran Mirza, a.k.a. the Kit Kat Ninja. <laughs> I'll take it. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> Is that because he likes four fingers? That one. Oh, <laughs> exactly God. that one. <laughs> oh, that's oh, torn. That's so that's good. But, um, yeah, okay. I won't take that. <laughs> i got to commend you. That's your best intro ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Okay, so... Today, uh, what are we doing today? So we're, we're doing a review of sorts of uh, MCU's Loki. Uh, Loki, which uh, finished about three weeks ago, actually. So a bit late to the party on that one. But um, Loki starred Tom Hiddleston, Owen Wilson, uh, Richard E. Grant, um, Sophia DiMartino. Um, so we're going to have some discussion around that, see what our thoughts were of that. Uh, and then we're also going to touch upon kind of wide implications for the MCU uh, from the fallout of that show. Uh, give some thoughts on uh, on What If, which has been running for about three weeks now. Um, and yeah, maybe touch into some of the future MCU properties that are coming up uh, this side of Christmas, because it's quite a packed slate, isn't it? Um, yeah, so kick us off. Loki thoughts. What do we think? What did we think? Um, let's go with Dennis. <laughs> I knew you guys always start with me. <laughs> but that's a good Mr. thing. Mr. Hot Sauce himself. Because I actually did some prep for this and I literally finished it 10 what? minutes ago. How the dare you? Did, the prep How I dare did you press? The prep I did with this, I decided to watch what immediately happens before Loki, and I just finished watching the first Avengers movie about 10 minutes ago, or 12, okay. half an hour ago now, right? Because yep. one thing that slightly bugged me in, in Loki at the beginning <clears throat> Have is, you just found a discrepancy? It's like, not, no, of... it's not kind of. It's, I, I have trouble correlating his change in, in, in personality. Yeah. And mm-hmm. sure enough, in the first, that first Avengers movie, he's evil, flat out mm. evil. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he stabs his brother Thor in the gut when Thor's trying to pleading with him, like, join us, help us, all of this. He is craving power, all the rest of it, right? And then probably not even an hour and a half later in actual time, he's become soft. Once he gets to the TVA, you've got to, you've got to bear in mind that from the time, you know, we, we don't know how much time it is between, you know, when they, they're all sort of like, uh, sort of surrounding him up in the penthouse at uh, Stark Tower to when they've got him in cuffs at the scene from Avengers Endgame and he gets and he grabs the cube and then sucks or gets sucked away onto that desert planet and then so to the TVA. Say, so when you say he's gone soft, how do you mean? Well, he, his personality seems to have just become a little less hard. Like all the way from the beginning of that 
well, you know, all the way through phase one, right up to the end of uh, Avengers, he's pretty hard and bitter and he wants to rule. And, you know, the last thing he says to the Hulk before he gets beaten to the pulp is, you know, you know, I'm a god, you brute, kneel before me and all of this stuff, right? And he, there's a little bit of that at the beginning of the of Loki, but it goes off really fast. Hadn't he been humbled by that point as well, though? Because he'd been beaten quite soundly by that point, captured. He had, yes, and, and he, then he managed to get away again. But, I'm uh, not saying it's a continuity error. I just have trouble reconciling it's it. It's quite a big shift in character in a short a space of time. Yeah. But okay. However, I'll say this one more thing. What they did do very well is he really doesn't look like he aged at all. Bearing in mind that the difference between production is almost 10 years, Tom Hiddleston basically mm. looks like he stepped out of one movie and straight into another. Mm. And that is probably down to him looking after himself and looking quite young and fresh. Mm. But you don't feel like sometimes they do stuff like that and you're like, yeah, you're 10 years older. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's, I think, yeah, elements of look, looking after himself and obviously makeup and stuff like that as well. But because if you, his, the, the cut the shade of his skin is quite different from his natural shade of skin. Yeah, um, so, he's not paler, but yeah. Sorry, Imran, bit, you were gonna. I was gonna say just finally okay. for a bit of context. Right now, what I'm doing is a rewatch of the MCU in timeline order. Okay, I'm, I'm doing. Well, I, I was doing the same, but I was doing it. I'm doing mine in release order, but yeah. I might go back and do the I timeline figured I, order. I, well, somebody said to me, if you watch it in timeline order, you notice a few extra things that you wouldn't pick up on otherwise. And I did already notice a couple, but I'll, okay. we can get back to that later. Cool. Uh, Imran, you were about to interject, mm. so... No, I was going to say, I, I thought it was... Um, I, I completely agree. Like, I thought what was really interesting about Loki going into it was the version of Loki that we were going to have, which was Loki at the height of his um, sort of mad evil control you know um of trying to take over the world you know and turning on his brother and everything so i thought that was going to be the interesting kind of protagonist for this series going forward but it seemed i think creatively they wanted to get him to kind of post ragnarok loki which is he's had you know he's now the hero with the or anti-hero whichever it is uh you want to say but he's had that epiphany in terms of there's a world beyond him and what he wants out of it but he does have this kind of come to jesus so to speak uh meeting with or conversation with i think owen wilson's character and it's almost like through this conversation they catch him up you know where he's kind of now caught up to that realization of you know where i maybe i, I shouldn't want to take over the world and maybe i shouldn't be so selfish but i thought it was that was interesting as well that they um the version of loki that we had and how quickly they try to bring him up to speed in terms of post ragnarok loki just to be a bit of devil's advocate his change, I, I, I can kind of, I can see why you, why it would be perceived that his change was quite sudden. But looking at the things that had happened to him and the things that he was shown in in that quite short space of time, could that not have been a contributing, a large contributing factor? Because obviously the changes between him and Ragnarok were over a longer period of time, a much more steady, you know, change of character and the things he experienced and, and all that kind of stuff. Whereas going to the TVA, realizing that everything that he thought was, you know, powerful and, and, you know, all of his focus should be on, you know, infinity stones and all that kind of stuff. Like those are quite startling changes to his concept of his level of power. 
in the universe. So could that not be seen as being actually that is kind of a big deal and that kind of thing could be something that shifted him much quicker towards realizing, you know, being the, being the low key that, you know, his mother saw in him, which I guess, I guess is the whole theme of it. Right. Yeah. But to me, the, 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 the moment where Loki changes sort of within the movies, the, the, his kind of turning point is when at, at near the end of Ragnarok, where he is about to betray Thor again, as they're kind of going for the, the Jeff Goldblum spaceship. Um, and, you know, he goes to betray him, but, you know, Thor's already seen it coming and he puts that electrocuting thing on him. And he, you know, as he's, you know, Loki's lying on the floor kind of in this shock thing, Thor goes over to him and he says, you know, obviously I, I knew you would do this. He goes, don't you get bored of the same thing? Don't you, you know, th- you could be so much more. And he, then he kind of leaves him in that moment of there's no retribution for you at this point. And it's almost like that's the moment where Loki's kind of like, I am doing the same thing and I'm getting nowhere. and <laughs> I'm achieving nothing, you know? And I, to me, that was the moment where he kind of probably had a, that, sort of stock take of what am I doing you know and um, so I guess yeah you're absolutely right I think from a creative position you need him to be at that point in the character's psyche because he is the leader in this show and for him to want to take over the world to be that low-key is going to be a very difficult show otherwise I I agree that the things he sees and experiences in TV while he's in the TVA are pretty you know mind-blowing especially when he opens a drawer full of infinity stones that's probably the biggest one when he that would be the mm-hmm. realization moment like oh what and, and doesn't there, he there and doesn't he do doesn't he do the time loop thing so he keeps trying to escape and he time loops him back time loops him back so and he realizes that okay i, I literally can't go anywhere i can't do anything at this mm-hmm. point he I'm does yeah so he's yeah. definitely kind of humbled in that regard but think mm-hmm. about what's happened to him before that moment from the end of the first Thor movie where he falls off the rainbow bridge into wherever he somehow has gone through this whole thing where he ends up with the scepter with the space stone. I always get confused which ones they are. It's the right? yeah. it's a space stone, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. In it. And he obviously is aware of who, where it came from and who got it for him. There's a little moment in Avengers where he communes with the Jatari and they say, don't forget who, you know, who's given the this chance and you can see, you can see he's worried, right? So he knows he's experienced a lot of stuff. Do you know what I mean? For me, it's just the the time frame from Mm. the beginning of the, from the first episode of Loki all the way up to episode eight of Loki, roughly. It's a, Episode eight, hours. six, isn't it? Or episode, episode eight. sorry, not episode eight, episode five. When, yeah. Whichever episode it is where they're on the train, right? Yes, yeah, I think right. it's the that's, fifth one. Yeah, because six episodes in total, yeah. That is only a few hours hmm. when you think about it. Like, if you think, watch all the, all the stuff that happens, it's really, so even at that point, it's possibly less than 24 hours since he was fighting the Avengers. It is, but there's, but, it, but there's, there's also, again, to say the same thing, there's a lot, even up to that point with the train, there's a lot of stuff that happens to him. Like even, I would say, dwarfing anything that's probably happened to him in his entire life in terms of his perception of what the ultimate power of the universe is or what power it is even. Like this whole time he's been going around braggadocious you know i'm you know i'm i'm a god and like you know sticking out his chest and and giving it the large but he i i feel like 
I, I get what you're saying, and it is a very short period of time, but he takes on a lot of realization in a very, very short, and, it, and it's like big, big, big things, like like universe changing things. Um, mm. Dan, you've been uh, silent so far. Why do you hate Loki? <laughs> <laughs> So I definitely don't hate Loki, uh, but expanding on what Imran was saying, I think he he is bludgeoned almost in the face with the notion of his own failure. The fact that he's he's not only for for I guess for want of a better word he he's pretty much everything he's done has hasn't resulted in the outcomes that. He, he saw what, what he wanted to do, what he mm. wanted to achieve, what he believed he could achieve, what his ego thought he could achieve. And I think he's not only confronted with that, he, he has to realize that he's not even the best Loki. Um, I yeah, think that's true. pretty much all the Lokis he, he, he comes across, even, especially the youngest one, who I believe has been around for the longest period of time, who managed to defeat and kill Thor, something which obviously prior to this series he, he could only dream about. So I think it, 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 it's quite sobering to, to come face to face with that, that for all his in, in endeavours, his, his genius, his mischief, his power, he, you know, he's ultimately, he's failed. And I think... Um, Talking about his mum, talking about Asgard, th- those are the only anchors he has, and his and and Thor, to be fair, that sort of pin him down to one situation, to one kind of um, I don't know what you'd call it, where where he actually belongs, and I think he kind of realizes that his constant yearning for power. And you know he he will he will clearly play any side he sees fit because it's it's all been opportunism to this point. He he will side with the good guys. He will side with Thor and all other Asgardians and Avengers if it means he he gets what he wants. But I think you know the whole the whole transition um, throughout this series is. Which, which is criminally fast. Yeah, I totally take mm. Dennis's point. Yeah, um, it, it, it's it's quite. I don't know if it's actually brutal enough to take him to the place he ends up, but obviously we we have to sort of suspend disbelief a little bit and and realize that that's kind of what's happening. And, and yeah, I mean, I guess I guess for any of us, if someone replayed our our past. And showed us glimpses of the future and different versions of us that have all been more successful. It'd be pretty, um, yeah. It would um, really kind of shake your tree and make you completely reconsider your point of living. Also, do we do we actually know? This is a genuine question because I'm just thinking about. Do we actually know what the time span is over the course of the show? Because there are scenes where he's put in that time loop, but we have no idea how long he was left in that time loop, right? The one where um, Sif slaps mm. him each time. Like, we don't know how long he was left in that time loop. And and because it's a time-jumping show, 
the concept of how long anything is is distorted unless I'm missing something. No, I think you're right. And I think that's the whole point, isn't it? It doesn't really matter. Yeah. yeah. You know, at the end of the day, these guys are shifting around in time. Hmm. It's like, you know, and plus you've got to put a bit of a TV head on. Like hmm. in soap operas, you never see them going to the bathroom and doing mundane <laughs> things like buying bus tickets and, and renewing their bus passes. But you've got to assume that they do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So you cut all of that stuff out because it's not going yeah. to be real life. So you've, so, you know, there is probably padding in there. My, my, my point, the reason I raised that though, is because what's very clear is between Avengers and Loki, it's actually quite clear that there's hardly any time passed at all. Hmm. Uh, so, yes, I think it happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, literally. It's almost instantly. The last instantly, thing he says, yeah. the last thing he says in Avengers is, if it's all right by you, I think I'll have that drink now. And yeah. then in Avengers Endgame, I think you see him coming out the elevator and he's in sort of, they're literally just finishing from that moment. Hmm. You still don't know how long it is. So anyway, hmm. aside from that, and it's, you know, it doesn't, I don't think, I don't think that fact spoils the show at all. It's just the only thing I had trouble reconciling. I thought hmm. the Loki in general was really good. And what I, one of the things I really liked about it is how different it was from the other two Marvel TV series we've seen so far on Disney+. Plus. Well, they've all, I think all three of them really feel like they've got their own identity and kind of sit, kind of sit within their own space in the MCU. I mean, not saying that, but like, obviously Falcon and Winter Soldier sits in the same space as Captain America and that sort of thing, but it feels, they, you know, they feel like, all three of them feel like they've got their own look and feel and kind of pacing and, and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, Falcon Winter Soldier feels just like an action-packed MCU movie. This feels like a weird timey-wimey thing, which I think we're going to get more of, you know, especially with the introduction of the multiverse. That's going to all get a bit weird. And WandaVision, obviously, going into the kind of more mystical and magical elements of uh, the Marvel Universe as well. Hmm. I mean, you, you when you say the timey-wimey thing, at one point I did... <laughs> get very much a feeling of Doctor Who, partly yeah. because of Tom, partly <laughs> just, Tom Hiddleston could have be been a Doctor Who. Could have been Doctor Who, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. So, yeah. And there's, there was definitely a feeling of that. Wasn't um, he in the running at one point for Doctor Who? Am I imagining yeah. that? He well, was, he, he yeah. still could be because they haven't announced what, who yeah. the next, next Doctor's going to be. So He would, be, he would be a I'd, great Doctor, I think. He would. I don't think he'd do it, though. Uh, yeah, probably not. BBC dollar, not the same as Disney dollar. And also, yeah. <laughs> and also, he's obviously going to be filming a Loki season two and whatever else might come up in them. So I think, yeah, his first portal call will be anything that Marvel will ask him to do, really, won't it? Um, cool. So what about kind of the wider implications into the MCU, as I mentioned about kind of the multiverse and that sort of thing. Well, I, cause I was talking to a friend of mine who she like hates any um, sort of trope that involves time travel in any movies or TV shows. So the likes of Doctor Who and that. The she's rest out, of, she's out of luck then. She's out, she is out of luck massively, but you know, introduction of the multiverse, is it gonna, it's gonna, it feels like it's just going to start getting weirder and weirder now. Right. Cause they're going to start getting into some 
areas of I, I think up until now the, the stuff that they've kind of covered you know the whole of phase three was build up to fighting one big bad and you know everyone joined together we beat him up the end everyone's happy hero dies whatever whereas now they're getting into like i say with one division the kind of and doctor strange the kind of weird mystical stuff and you've got stranger stuff like eternals and that coming up what are your guys thoughts on the kind of newer direction new direction that um phase four and phase potentially phase five i guess will bring us imran i i thought is i i think the multiverse is really a a fascinating concept for mcu and it's it's a weird one because they've it's it's like they've teased it for for quite a while i mean they actually discussed the concept of a of a multiverse which is obviously a fake one but um from far from home um the mysterio character he discusses coming from an alternate uh parallel kind of universe if i remember it correctly mm. um they um <laughs> they also teased obviously with one division when they reintroduce well as they as the cat dennings character says quoting they've recast pietro and everyone you know they kind of <laughs> everyone lost their shit. everyone <laughs> yeah i remember somebody online wrote capital letters the multiverse is here and it's just the brilliant <laughs> it's such a great prank to have pulled on people but they've like i said they, they teased the concept of of kind of multiverses and i suppose to an extent they sort of just they don't they don't use the term multiverse but i think if you look at endgame and as it's explained to Banner about if you take these stones, then the timeline, your timeline goes one way, but you create other universes, you know. So they've kind of, I think I'm, I'm mega confused ultimately with the current multiverse because obviously I'm only going by the trailer of the new Spider-Man movie. But they've, again, they've introduced a concept of a multiverse seemingly again, I'm judging a two-minute trailer, but seemingly created in a completely different way than what is presented at Loki's conclusion. So it's kind of like there are so many different avenues to a multiverse at the moment. Again, uh, there's a lot of speculation in my assumptions, mm. but um, I'm, 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 I'm fascinated by it. And I really like uh, where, you know, the, the sort of the boundless possibilities of it. And, you know, I'm kind of, I, I'm fairly definite it won't happen. But as a as a real fan of him, I would just love, like, just for Downey to come back for a scene in something, you know, uh, like an alternate dimension one. I don't want to see the character reintroduced because it was just as perfect an end as it could have been. But, you know, like in the Spider-Man, um you know the upcoming one um uh number three i i think as a scene between the two of them it would just be glorious but probably too soon anyway but i, I love the mm. possibilities of it and the, the the teasing of you know the fox movies and obviously the the reintroduction of the the sony uh villains that are coming into that spider-man movie but i yeah from as, as far as a low-key conclusion um and that description i thought it was a brilliant scene i've watched that one uh, several times i thought it was just a great kind of tease to where the mcu is going from now on i thought it was great so i'm really excited how about you dan what are your thoughts on it uh i mean it's interesting because in the comics isn't multiverse um or versions of the multiverse used to just continuously reboot existing characters with um, new personas. It's a bit of a Deus Ex Machina, really. So, just to be clear, in, in Marvel, up until recently, 
there hasn't never really been a multiverse. That's a DC thing. It is In a fact, DC thing, yeah. um, until they merged the Ultimate Universe with the main Marvel Universe, there were no multiverses the way we know them, as in Earth 2, Superman, Earth 3, this, that, and the other, evil version, you know, whatever different versions that just didn't exist. There were other dimensions, like the, uh, like Annihilus comes from uh, the negative zone. For instance, how did, how did they explain they were, it in What If then? What, what If was just alternate? They just used to call it alternate. So, what, what If comics were just What Ifs? They were never meant to be other universes. Uh, yeah, they were, just, they were literally it, just What Ifs. Yeah, in the comics. But there was a, there was a phrase like the way he explains it at the start of the cartoons. I don't know if he uses the language. I don't think he used the language multiverse. I think didn't no, he say? I think in, he does. But the important thing to note with what if is that most often with the multiverse, you're talking about someone making a different decision and then it branches the universe. But if you think about the last couple of what if stories, that's not what's happened. Like with the whole uh, T'Challa joining the guardians of the galaxy one, that's not a different decision really, unless you, unless the different decision is they, Pick the wrong. They picked up the wrong kid. Yeah, go, yeah. If that's a different decision, so that's but there's a lot map different. Reading. There. Yeah, there's a lot different going on there. Uh, and in the most recent one, where they knock off all the Avengers, um, those that's not one different decision. Oh, there's a whole multitude of things. A huge there. amount. Well, isn't well, it? Well, it, yeah, because yeah, it goes back to hope being an agent. Hope, of Shield. hope being an agent of. So that's the decision, right? Right. Her decision to join the Avenger, join Shield, then branched off into a different timeline where all of that shit goes down. But it doesn't explain why they hadn't dug Captain America up yet. Mm. So, so the what ifs are yeah, literally yeah. they're not like branching universe stories; they're just completely other versions, yeah, like yeah, you know, yeah. the greatest stories never told, or whatever kind of whichever way you want to look at it. Just you know, more than one thing different. So I don't see that as being the whole multiverse connection. So I wonder if they're gonna. Well, we we can get on to the, the what if stuff in a minute anyway, because I have some questions about that as well. But um, uh, so, Dennis, thoughts mm. on any more thoughts on multiverse? I mean, or, I've, I've, unless you I've, unless you had anything more, Dan. Sorry, I just kind of cut you off there a bit. Um, I, I was just going to say the one thing I don't understand about the uh, Spider Man trailer is why Doctor Strange would help spider-man in the way that he does it 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 feels reckless it feels yeah i thought that as well and i do i do wonder if it's a little bit of his old persona creeping back in so you remember when he was still just a a physician or surgeon or whatever it was yeah and he had that kind of cocky swagger swagger about him and and you know feeling he was hot shit and he was invulnerable and all the rest of it. And I do wonder if they're going to either tease that maybe that's a bit of his personality coming back in or that, and that's why, you know, he's decided to do something as reckless as this because, you know, he, he by his own mission, he helps save the universe. So, you know, maybe that's just a bit of his Holy. old self coming through. Yeah, I, I th- maybe. I think you're, I think you're entirely right about yeah. that. I, I, that that bit it feels like a weird thing to me. Yeah, it, it feels a little bit like the Doctor Strange from the comics, in all honesty. Yeah, because the weird um, was didn't it used to be a bit of not a dick, but like didn't it used to be a yeah. bit of a 
bit of a cocky dude. And yeah, and he lost yeah. the title of the Sorcerer Supreme. Actually, he's not the Sorcerer Supreme in the comics anymore. At least he wasn't oh. last time I checked. He might be now. Outrageous. He's um, just the, now. He's just a magician. Well, the Sorcerer Supreme is a mantle, isn't it? That gets passed along. There's only one Sorcerer Supreme at any time, or something like that, and it so gets moved just do, around. Does he just do kids' parties and stuff now, as opposed yeah, to yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's embarrassing. But there have been um, there have been people fan theories that it's not that that's not Doctor Strange. Ooh. Have you heard this? Wow. I love the two completely opposite ends of reaction there. <laughs> oh, sorry, I dozed off for a minute there. Literally simultaneously as well. That's brilliant. We, we were talking about how he was still quite arrogant in the comics. Yes, that's right. I think, I think they've totally gone back to that. Yeah. You, you look down for the old, uh, the old switcher. You know how I feel about. Or the old theories, the old, the old uh, sc- scroll theory, probably. I don't know. Um, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. That that he is uh, Mephisto. If I pronounced it right. Oh, Ooh. God, let, let's not let the Mephisto thing go. <laughs> People want Mephisto really badly, don't they? In the MCU, they do. Any time, any time, there's a little bit of like, oh, could that be any? Like, it's something that's a little bit mischievous. Definitely if Mephisto. He, if, if he shows up now, it's only because it's been talked about so much. Mephisto was never even that prominent a character in the MCU. It's basically, he's going to in do the, a sorry, CM sorry, Punk. in the Marvel comics. I mean, right? Sorry. Basically, he's going to do a CM Punk, and just like everyone's going to get hyped, and then suddenly lose <laughs> their shit when he appears. Sorry, Dennis, when it's a little bit wrestling for you there. But anyway, um, so Dan, uh, sorry, yes, that, uh, Dennis. Sorry, I was going to ask you if uh, you had any multiverse. Implications. Well, I, have to, I have. I do have some thoughts. Thoughts, theories. And I think, unfortunately, they're a little bit more sort of grounded in reality than oh, is because it's. Hang to on, do I'm with, just going to get sleep for a bit. It's, it's <laughs> to do with uh, you know the way Marvel and Disney are positioning themselves in order to get sales. Just being realistic, right? I. This is my thought on it, right? I don't. I think if you're going to kill was, the magic for us now. Is it yes, I am. If I was, a, if I was a Disney exec right now, I would realize that it's going to be extremely, extremely hard. Even if we didn't have all the crap that's happened to the world in the last two years, it would be extremely hard to maintain the sales and a box office return, especially of the last few films. Right? It's going to be very, very sure. hard with COVID and everything else happening and with the push to streaming, as we saw with like Black Widow and a few other, you know, Disney have started to release their numbers and those numbers are quite low, right? So there's been the whole big deal about Scarlett Johansson, you know, got look, you know, she got shortchanged by $50 million because the $120 million or whatever it made and streaming, she didn't get part of whatever the numbers are. Point is the numbers are bloody low, right? Mm-hmm. You add up all of those figures that Disney give you and they're like, oh. So people aren't, people aren't running back to the cinema, are they? And by low, I mean low relevant to the other films. So Mm. here's the thing. These films are very, very, very expensive to make. And if you can't get your return on the box office, you don't make expensive movies, period. Is that, is that, sorry, just to interject real quick. Is that, I mean, I know people aren't wanting to go back to the cinemas, but also Black Widow is, I feel Black Widow is a bit of a weird, not weird. Well, it's it's a bit of a weird film in in the MCU kind of release line because it's given us the origin story of a character who's already dead. Yeah. But- and is, and it feels like a film that's come too late in terms of the 
timeline or the like, you know, it, and it just, it doesn't really feel like a massive deal. Maybe so. As opposed but- to like the other releases, even like, a, even like a, well, Maybe not a Shang-Chi, but like... Well, yeah, so, but yeah. but she's a hugely popular character. And sure, even yeah. at their lowest, the films yeah. made more money than that. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it's definitely yeah. better than, than, you know, it's as good so as... a combination like, of the Ant two. Man 2 or something yeah. like that. Now, it we'll see yeah. when, when Spider-Man comes out or something like that and when, mm. whether those numbers will get back again. The mm. point being is if, if you, you project your the amount of money you're going to spend on a film based on how much you think you're going to get back from it. So looking at the current market and looking at the fact that we've got streaming at home and what it costs to produce these movies, my feeling is that the Disney and Marvel execs are like, all right, we're never going to capture that magic again with all of those characters. And not for a while, we'll have to build it back up to that slowly. So in the meantime, why don't we serve smaller markets where we can recuperate a the money that we spend and make a profit and B perhaps bring in new fans as well. So hence a different type of storytelling, a different type of um, you're appealing to different audiences. Like you would be with a film like Shang-Chi or with Black Widow or with WandaVision or with, and I think that's the direction they're going to go in. Now, Marvel then, do play a very, anyway. very, very long game, right? We yeah. know that, right? And it's been illustrated quite nicely, I think with Shang-Chi because I was quite pleased to see yesterday, I noticed for the first time, that the Marvel one-shot, All Hail Shot, All Hail the King, has appeared on Disney+. Plus. Did you notice that? Oh, is it on there no. now? Oh, I've looked yeah, for no, it. Oh, that's excellent. They, it, it came in two days ago. And in a way, that's them verifying that that was always on the cards. But that came out, they made that, what, like seven, six years ago? Wow. But they're sort of weaving back together the story of the mand uh, of the of the Mandarin, Mandarin and stuff, yeah. Slattery and all of that, and 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 it's keeping canon. So if they if they're prepared to play out stories that long, then everything they do now is probably building up to the end of Phase Six, if there is such a thing. Mm-hmm. Which is then enough time has gone by, and they've built up a big enough audience, and everything's calmed down a bit. Uh, that they could do another big Infinity War Endgame yeah. type saga. Also, just one more thing, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't expect too much from Kang as a as a as a villain. Could no, be, no, no. but the Mandarin could have been that. But there are so many villains they've had before that could have been that big deal, and then they just put them to the side. But he could come back later for sure. Hmm. I yeah, I think I think you're right. The, the telling is going to be how. Because of the of all the films coming up, Spider Man's the big one, and it'll be well, depending on what COVID decides to do, uh, which no one knows. But you know, if things continue the way they are and things carry on opening up, and you know, people start getting a bit more used to going back out and whatever, that'll be the one that I think shows whether there is still an appetite for big cinema releases. I think that's going to be a real key film. There was um, if I can engaging how big it is. Jump in. There was. It's funny because I was thinking in obviously in the in preparation for this conversation about like phase four and how far it, we, we're into it. And I thought what was really interesting about it thus far is, I, I guess Shang Chi would be the second movie, but we're really only one movie in. But if you think about how much ground has been covered, and it's basically phase four was always envisioned to have a huge reliance on Disney plus as a, as a, as a vessel for telling those stories. And that wasn't at the time reactionary to COVID at all. It was, you know, we were always supposed to get the Falcon movie, Loki, WandaVision. 
and then you know um the, whatever movies were coming after it but again we've covered so much ground and it was that was always the intention so that reliance on disney plus i i guess will will now continue as you say dennis out of necessity so it was going to mm. be really interesting to know you know how well will it evolve at all because like i said they've already planned so much around it as well and, and the what if series as well it was already kind of envisioned so uh you're you're right will that mean less kind of less sort of financial um sort of input in in actual standalone movies or yeah just further input in terms of the, the tv shows as a just a natural evolution of that storytelling may may i prefer a counter theory <laughs> Sure, you, say, you can say the entire theory in that voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, that would be challenging. Um, no, I was going to say we kind of before COVID, and I, I, I might might be alone in feeling this. I'm not saying all of you feel the same way, but I did get to the point where there was just too many big budget Marvel films coming thick and fast um and i'm actually i i'm quite looking forward to a bit of a break from mm. that format i mean i i think the tv series that we we we've seen the, the three series we've mentioned already was it was a really nice di- divergence from the you know the the 200 billion pound um mm box office smashes i mean even with and i don't know i've kind of said this already and i know some of you don't agree but i i found that black widow was a great film but it was very by the numbers like if if we'd seen it that's for you man thank you thank seeing you. it 15 years ago <laughs> you love it i love it i really do 15 years ago or te- even 10 years ago that would be a five-star movie. But I felt when I saw it recently that it's kind of a bit un, un, unfair because it, it still was a very good film. But I felt like I'd seen it all before. It, it was... It, it was it, underwhelming. Kind of, hmm? Yeah. It was, it, was underwhelming. A, it was a little underwhelming. And that's a, that's a bit harsh because mm. it, it, it was a very good script. It was very well acted. It had... It had very good characters, but I I do feel that even though the COVID situation's been horrendous for the filmmaking industry, for for, for all industries really, um, it, it is a good opportunity to sort of create a bit of space hmm. and kind of draw back the the saturation point where where I think we, we we've been bludgeoned to death. By so many, you know, big budget films that we're not truly appreciating how good those films are. Well, just to, I think, just to latch on to um, Dan's point, I think, like, I, I think it was, was it Kevin Feige or was it someone else from Disney? I was watching an interview with one of them, and they were saying they were talking, and it was around the time Endgame came up, uh, came out, and, um, and they were saying. I think I've read this in a few other articles as well, and it's more around in terms of that they would they would they're now looking to move away from that phase that you know those first three phases those type of 
big, huge, overarching storyline, you know, like you say, big, big, I say big budget, but that type of movie. And I think they were, even before COVID kicked in and the rest of it, I think they're now looking to try and go in a different direction creatively, not because of COVID, but I think that's just what they were looking to do anyway with the types of types of films that they were looking to bring out. And I think even looking at the lineup already, you know, you've got like Shang-Chi and the Eternals and, um, and the stuff they did with Disney Plus, it, it already feels a bit like, you know, they're, well, I, we've not seen Shang-Chi yet, so can't really um, make a judgment on that. But it feels a bit like they're going in a new direction already, or they're trying to go in a slightly different direction. We'll see how the films pan out um, in terms of their content and the story they're trying to tell. But I feel like they're aware of that fatigue that you talk about, Dan, and... You know, I mean, you, they were doing that. They've been doing that for, you know, how many years have been going now? 20, 20 years? 10 years? My time's off. What, for the, the film? For, from, yeah, for like the first three phases of the films. No, since 2007. So, yeah. So it's, you know, over 10 years they've been doing this. And, and from all the indications that I got from stuff that I read, you know, interviews that they'd done and, you know, they were looking to do something different when the next phase of films came out. Um, especially with the, you know, the amount of library of characters and stories that they get, got to dig into. So, I mean, time will tell and they might slip, you know, slip back into their usual big bang thing. If, you know, Spider-Man makes a truckload of money and people start going to cinema again, but I, I have, They'll keep it interesting. So, so do you think that all these different series will will come together? No, no matter if it's TV series or stand or films, do you think that that some of these storylines will start to merge and cross over? Yeah, I in- think there's, there's. I think that there is still going to be you know interwoven stories and people appearing in other people's films and stuff like that, but. I think again I, I from what I can from what I could could tell from the stuff that they said before that the whole you know big avengers coming together type spectacle might not help well probably won't happen for a long long time yet there's quite a lot that's been announced already, though, isn't there? Obviously, with Wanda appearing mm. in Doctor Strange, and they've said Kang is ne- the first film Kang appears in is going to be the next Ant Man movie. It's it's worth remembering though that Marvel are exceptionally good at keeping things stum and surprising the hell out of everybody for sure with yeah. appearances. Like I'm, until that trailer came out, I didn't even know that Doctor Strange was going to be in a Spider Man film. Um, I, you know, the the whole like giant man appearance in Civil War was pretty impressive. That that was mm. kept very very quiet. You know, it doesn't even appear in any trailers or anything mm. like they that. They mess There's with their trailers, don't they? Yeah, there's lots of stuff like that, yeah. that just a surprise. I mean, the there's been a leak, unfortunately, about the appearance of, of the Netflix characters in the upcoming movies, unfortunately. And that's mm. sort of been kind of verified to the point now where they've just lent into it. And some of those, like Vincent D'Onofrio was talking about it the other day mm. in, in some, some release, or at least hinting at it. So it look, looks like we're going to see him again. But where and when, as the kingpin, we don't know. Maybe in the Spider-Man film. Who knows? Mm. Um so they are they are quite good at that. So you know, to a certain well, well, degree, well, we should I just think, wait and see. I think it's difficult, isn't it? Because as soon as you've got any kind of information about a, a, a film set, 
or wherever wherever they're filming around the country, and then you see the actor that that plays Daredevil in that vicinity at the same time, then it, it's very hard to keep those sort of um, mm. theories at bay, I guess. Yeah, but I'm, I am quite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so where where is? Uh, I know this is not this is not Marvel, but it, it feels like. There's also the multiverse stuff being hinted at in in, um, in, DC. in DC because yeah. there's a lot of talk about uh, different Batmans appearing in in the Flash film. Yeah, that, so that's, the, that's the Flash been, film is the sorry, go on, go on, Dennis. That's been pretty much confirmed. Um, Michael Keaton was on Jimmy Fallon Tonight Show last week talking about it, wasn't he? Yeah, because isn't it? Um, what's the big Flash storyline? Um, the one that Flash they did Point. in the TV show Flashpoint. I think the I think the next Flash. No, sorry, I think the Flash movie that's coming out is going to be based kind of around flat the Flashpoint storyline, and they're going to have the whole multiverse or whatever they call it in DC. They call it multiverse in DC. I guess yeah, they did, right? Yeah. yeah. I think so. so I think I think because they had it in the TV shows already, mm-hmm. and I think they're going to have they they are going to have some version of it in the movie. So you will get a Michael Keaton Batman. I think you might get a Grant Gustin Flash popping up maybe in a flat, in a flat. How many times can I say Flash in one sentence? <laughs> um, yeah, well, I think they, it, they, they have had, um, uh, oh, they had the, yeah, the crossover Ezra Miller. Way. Yeah. Ezra they had Ezra Miller into... appeared in the TV show. Yeah. Right. Which was quite funny, actually. I thought yeah. it was quite cool. Um, so, just to sort of slightly divert or just talk about something on a different subject, talking about playing the long game, watching the movies in timeline order has started to reveal a few interesting things, some of which don't surprise me, but some of them do. So, for example, if um, in Captain America, when he uh, first sort of breaks into the Hydra base and releases um, uh, the Howling Commandos and then goes to find Bucky Barnes, when he walks into that room and Bucky Barnes is strapped to the table, you can hear Bucky saying things which sound like Ooh. the activation commands the that words. you hear later on. Yeah, yeah. it's just two yeah. or three words and they're very quiet, but he's mum- it's definitely Sebastian Stan's voice and you hear him say some numbers and stuff. At that point, I couldn't be bothered to look it up, but I played it back a couple of times. Like, no, 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 he's definitely saying disconnected words there and I'm fairly certain that's meant to be that's what, what, what else would they have been doing to him while he, yeah. why was he strapped to a, a table, right? So that was quite Where did he from? Was it a Hydra base? A Hydra was base, not, yeah. Nazi, so was it Nazi? Oh, okay. It was a Hydra base at that point. Well, well mm-hmm. whatever. They were doing something to him, and that was quite a few years they shot that before they did um, Winter Soldier, right? So there's mm-hmm. that. One thing that I noticed that made me smile, and I wonder how coincidental it is, is that in... Captain Marvel. So the, so the timeline order is Captain America, Captain Marvel next, right? And in Captain Marvel, where you've got the whole thing with the Flurkin, which is the creature that is looks like a cat, right? And the Flurkin swallows the Tesseract to mm-hmm. keep it safe, right? And then regurgitates it after the credits, yeah? yeah. In Avengers, when... Um, uh, Scarlett Johansson's uh, Black Widow goes to find Banner and she, she, she shows him a picture of the Tesseract. She says to him, Fury needs you to help us get it back and keep it safe or something like that. 
Banner looks at her and smiles and says, what does he expect me to do, swallow it? <laughs> now, I thought to myself, uh, that's interesting. That cannot be a coincidence, except yeah. that Avengers was made seven or eight years before Captain Marvel. Did they watch that film and think, hey, we could use that as a plot device in Captain Marvel? Or when they shot Avengers, did they already know they were going to do that in Captain Marvel many no, years I later? I reckon it's the other way around. You say that, but who's to say how far ahead they plotted this? Everybody, I True. think because of the, the mess-ups that other, other studios have done trying to connect things, I think people are really underestimating how clever Marvel have been with all of this. I mean, sure. it's, yeah. it's done so well, it could not have been just, I, I, I don't believe you can just do it by accident and mm. keep going for 23, 24 films, and it's still going strong. And it's still and going. It's still very yeah. tight. You know, for a comic book writer, it's not particularly complicated. You know, the Marvel comic book writers sit down every year and work out the next two or three years of storylines. And, and you're talking about hundreds. Anyway. You're talking about hundreds of comics, right? Mm. So why would it be so hard for them to do this? Either which way, I was quite impressed by those two things so far. There's a couple of other little bits I've noticed as well, but it is you do wonder how much of it is coincidence, how much of it was planning. Hmm. Interesting. Oh. Another thing I noticed, so, just having finished Avengers, I'm going to ask you guys this. Do you recall what happens in the post-credit scenes in Avengers? Thanos. Uh, yeah, and is that, did they have... Uh, the pizza? The, 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 yeah, yeah, Shawarma. Is that Was that in the, in the theatrical release? That Shawarma The Shawarma, yes, it was, yeah. I don't remember that at all. I was watching it today. I was like, because it was a, it was a post post credits. It was one of those yeah. ones that you have like the post credits, which is like the fancy credits, and then you have that scene, right. which is um, okay. whatever it was. I and then uh, then you have the long then you have the long ass credits, and then there's a tiny little bit at the end. I did not remember that from the theatrical release because that's how with they with the theatrical releases that they always have like the informative post credits trailer, which is a nod to whatever's coming up next. And then they have the little fun one at the very, very end where yeah. if you miss it, it's not a big deal. Yes. But, so. yeah. And the best one of those would um, have been Captain America at the end of um, the first Spider-Man movie uh, when he discusses patience. Oh, when he does that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which was a, a fantastic... Uh, that was very good, actually. That was excellent. Um, just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on uh, What If, if you're watching it, I assume. If, is yes. everyone watching What If? Mm-hmm. Everyone up today? And, and um, what if we're not? I'm not. No. <laughs> You're not. I'm not. No, I am. Ah, <laughs> but it's fine. I don't. I don't mind spoilers. <laughs> we should probably shouldn't say too much. But what? Okay, just on, on very surface level. What are you? What are you guys' thoughts on him? Enjoying it? Intrigued? Surprised? Confused? The people who have seen it, obviously. Well, Imran, uh, not ruining um, any of it. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I was really looking forward to to the show in general. It's so great to see the the kind of the names that have been attached to it. The second one in particular, it was like almost everyone um, that sort of featured is played by their, their actual character uh, actors. So it's a real it's a real joy. I I, I echo your earlier sentiments. Um, again, I don't think this is ruining much at all, but. Um, about that they're they're getting a bit tenuous in terms of the what if i thought the only the only one that was been really applicable to so far was the first with uh, captain carter in that was a situation that could have happened had the guy you know led his attack before steve went in you know uh to 
to, to the transformation thing. And also, you know, Peggy Carter could, in theory, have been the nom- uh, you know nominated for that um, due to just her excellence as a as a spy, as a soldier, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I, that was the only one. The others have been quite well, tenuous. The, the key in that one is when he says, "Miss uh, Agent Carter." Do you want to leave the room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in the film, she leaves the room. So again, but that's two. There's two factors. There's two factors there. So yeah, so I guess it's in the other two, they're not explicitly showing that decision-making moment that changes things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a very good point. But even even then, that's still two decision-making moments. I, I, I think I think it's best to get away from the whole multiverse splitting thing. In, based on a single decision and just that these are different stories which you know for whatever thought, reason they're different i feel like they made a rod for their own back though by using the the imagery from mm. the end of loki so definitively in what if and then to then the the way he's described again this decision or whatever it is that's created this they've kind of mm, they're being explicit that this is what it what it is right even I don't though know. and, and it, I think we might be misinterpreting the multiverse from Loki because what single decision leads to a lizard Loki? Well, it those are be, those are parallel universes. It, it could be someone deciding to uh, have sex with a lizard. I don't. Know. <laughs> well, my, I think the point. I think the point. I think the point is it's it, a isn't... parallel universe, not necessarily a split because of a decision. Yes, but the. In a parallel universe, some things are different, some things are the same, but it's not yeah. necessarily caused because somebody chose differently. It's just a parallel universe. But the variances in the universes split off from each other depending on certain factors, right? The universe, the variance is when it affects the overall timeline because the timeline is the same regardless of which universe you're talking about. Because the universes run parallel to each See, other, and you can hop. This from is why to my friend doesn't like timey wimey shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. But this is timey wimey plus spacey wacy stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but no, I um, I'm absolutely loving the what if stuff. I collected the comics as well back in the day, um, and it's really great to see them exploring and taking things in new directions. And also, I don't know if you guys are aware of this as well. Um, apparently this is, so this is going to be like nine episodes, I think. And I think there's actually going to be an overarching storyline with all of these characters that they're they're actually going to all come back together later on in the season, I believe, and form like a super team, like an event, like a what if Avengers type thing. Did you dream that? Uh, no, I heard about this uh, somewhere. Um, it wasn't a fan theory thing. It was a, it was, um, oh, I sounds like a what if it could possibly have been, but yes, <laughs> I, I believe that's what's going to happen. So right. you're going to get characters like a captain Carter's going to come back again later on and appear in another episode with another, with like a, uh, star Lord Ch- uh, T'Challa because Chadwick Boseman, recorded voice for a few episodes through the season. So he will be appearing again. I think for me, I, I like, I mean, I collected the comics in the eighties when they first came out, when I came, or when the run in the eighties, I don't know how far back what if goes, it might go back to the seventies actually. But I remember the, I, I loved, I loved the comics when back then. Yeah. Um, my earliest ones are like early eighties, I think. 
I think um, I wasn't, based on the trailers, I wasn't too uh, happy about the look of the show. I'm pleased to say that the animation is fantastic, and by which I separate animation from the visual look as someone who works in that industry, right? Mm. So the animate, the way the characters move, the way everything animated is great. Not madly keen. I've never been madly keen on cell shaded stuff, as we call it, or toon shaded, as, as it's described. It mm-hmm. doesn't always work, but this works quite well, actually. So I've, it's sort of growing on me slowly. The only thing that I think I don't like about it so far, but I'm not sure because I haven't seen all the episodes, is I wonder if they're going to just focus on MCU-based storylines and not the rest of the Marvel Universe at large. So we're not going to see a Fantastic Four story. We're not likely to see a story involving, uh, you know, the Invaders or to involve, you know, name any of the, uh, or the X-Men, yeah. for instance. And that would be a shame, I, I think. I get the feeling, especially for this first season, I think we're probably going to, I think they're going to focus on the MCU stuff for now. Um, primarily because it's what people know. And mm. if you say, you know, what if, the X-Men um, became the Fantastic... Well, I don't know. If, if you do... I feel like, especially at this juncture, when you're introducing people to this new kind of show, doing that with characters that they don't have any familiarity with yet, they, I feel like there would be a disconnect there. I mean, yeah, I'd love to see a What If the Avengers fought Thanos or something like that, but that's because I already have an affinity with those characters. Whereas you know, the general populace don't or like the invaders or something like that. People don't really know who those guys are. So it'd be like, okay, what if this character I know nothing about and don't necessarily really care about, even though it might be a really well-written story, it's like, the I, th- I feel like the what if aspect of it kind of loses its gravitas when you don't really know what the original version of the character was anyway or what so their original storyline was. There's Maybe, been... I don't know nine volumes of what if over the years i'm just looking it up now let me tell you what the the titles for the first 10 what ifs were which were 1977 right i bet you they're corniest well there you'll see very quickly what if spider-man had had joined the fantastic four right which is actually a story from like the third or fourth spider-man uh story where he goes to the Mm. fantastic four um to ask them to help for help Um, five what if the Hulk had the brain of Bruce Banner, which we kind of saw which in happen, Avengers yeah. Endgame? Well, it also what happened if, in the comics as well. Mm-hmm. Peter what if the Avengers had never been? So we've kind of had that one. We've had, had that one, yeah. Right. What if the Invaders stayed together after World War II? Hmm. The Invaders were a group which had Namor, the Submariner, the original Human Torch, the Android, um, and uh, who else? Uh, uh, Union Jack and Captain America, I think. In it. Mm-hmm. Um, what if Captain America had not vanished during World War Two? Sorry, just to, just to pause you on that. So imagine they did that Invaders episode in the current run of What If Now. Mm. They, it'd, that, be well, weird. it'd be weird. It would be weird, wouldn't it? It would be weird. But there's no reason why yeah. they couldn't do it. There's no, no reason why they couldn't do it. It would just be weird. It would be like, who are these guys? I don't know what mm. they're connected. Unless it involved, again... Unless that story then involves something to do with the MCU, so you can kind of go, oh, okay, so I see why that's affected that. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. So then, then we have, what if Captain America not vanished during World War Two, which you could argue, or, or they did in the first episode. What if the Fantastic Four had different superpowers? Ooh. What if someone else besides Spider-Man had been bitten by the radioactive spider? Well, that's one that we might see coming up. 
Mm. What if the world knew Daredevil was blind? Um, and then what if the Avengers fought evil in the 1950s? And the last one in the top first 10 are what if Jane Foster found the hammer of Thor? Thor Which now is going to be in Thor 4, right? Or I don't know be, if that's what it's, what it's going to be, but maybe. I believe that's going to be mm. part of, there's got to be something around thing you get in the power of Thor. What's her name? Natalie. Well, yeah, they've, they've, they've been open about that. Yeah, that's how, that's how they sold it to her, apparently. Yeah. She wasn't that too keen to come back, and then they said, "Okay, we'll give you the hammer." She was like, "Okay, fine." <laughs> Maybe she'll. Be I don't think hammer. that's exactly how the conversation went, but I, I <laughs> paraphrase. Hmm. Cool. So anyway, that was uh, you know you're right. Half of those they probably they well, they could make them if they but yeah by all means they could do it, and it could be a good it would probably be a good episode. But I just feel like, especially you need I feel like at this point you need to give people a connection to the characters that so that they you know they can get a grasp get a grasp of the concept and it kind of makes sense to you because you know i know who the invaders are and even if i read that episode even if i read that you know the story then i'd be a bit like "Mm, okay it's fun but i don't know why i should care well i don't know what these characters were. well i guess in 1977 that was probably a lot more popular comic for sure yeah um cool so, final, final thing. Um, thoughts on future films? I mean, we've got three three movies. We touched upon it a little bit earlier. We've got Shang-Chi dropping next month. We've got Eternals dropping in October. And Spider-Man No Way Home dropping in December. So, three MCU films dropping before the end of month, uh, end of the year even, um, in pretty quick succession. Any thoughts on... I assume you guys have seen trailers for all three of them, I hope. Um, any thoughts around, you know, what you're looking forward to the most? Which one you're a bit like, mm, I'm not sure about that? Or anything else? Uh, Dan, what are your thoughts on upcoming MCU movies? Um, well, I'm really looking forward to the Spider-Man film. I've completely forgotten what the other two were. Eternals Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. <laughs> looking forward to those then, are you? Yeah. <laughs> Answers I mean, that question. The, the Shang-Chi one, um, that's obviously, that, that ties into Doctor Strange, I presume. Or did I um, ask that one? Shang-Chi, I, I think it ties into, is it Mand- uh, Mandarin stuff? Right about that one, Dennis, or what? Shang Chi. It, it it's was the Legend of the Ten Rings. It's the Legend of the Ten Rings. Ten Rings. Is it? Is it? Yeah, the... I don't know if they're saying. From what I can tell from the trailer, instead of rings on their fingers, they're bands that he's wearing on his arm. Right. Okay. And I think yeah. they're suggesting that his dad is the Mandarin. So I don't know, but you know, that's what the the trailer is telling us. It's probably just mm. best to wait until the film and mm. find out. So yeah, I, I'd say um, I've only just recently watched the Eternals trailer. Uh, that looked that looked quite good, but it it reminded me of that terrible TV series. I know. Um, I'm getting I'm getting like being <laughs> getting some mad P- P- some mad PTSD about what it could potentially be. Well, I think it'd be fine. The Inhumans. Yeah. yeah. Did you watch I, that TV series? Huh? I, I watched about four episodes and then gave up. Right. Wow. Okay. I watched all of it. That's, that's saying something, Dan, because you'll watch any old show. 
Exactly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong, but wow. <laughs> yeah, e- even I was just like, I just, I just didn't. I don't know what it was about. It wasn't. It wasn't as bad yeah. as some of the trailers I, I, made out. I watched Sorry, it purely for comple- I watched it purely for completion, just to go. All right, I'm gonna just go watch all of it, and I can say that I watched all of it. I'm not and proud it of it. it. Okay, but. so so TJ, I'm gonna ask you this question. Right? Would it be better if Jar Jar Binks was in it? <laughs> <laughs> honestly, now, honestly. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> What no, what the inhumans? No, I was really disappointed. I I was so sucked into the whole Marvel thing at that point that I actually went to see it in, in a cinema in IMAX. First, oh yeah, I really said that it was <laughs> and it is the only thing, it's the only time I've ever been in an IMAX theatre on my own. Well, me and Gavin together, like in an entire IMAX theater on that our own. And it was so un, yeah, so <laughs> underwhelming. And we walked out of there just like sort of just like empty and hollow. And we never even bothered to watch the rest of the season. Um, I think the thing that did it for me would have been fine, but the thing that did it for me was the fact that they cut off Medusa's hair. Yeah, lame. So lame. The two things we were looking forward to were Lockjaw, who I must admit was cool in that first episode. He was very good. Whatever, and Medusa yeah. and her hair. The rest of it was lame. Yeah, and they... Anyway, yeah, no, that it's really was, the only misstep they've made. Yeah, and that I think that was the end of that Jeff was a, Loeb, wasn't it? I was going to say, yeah, because that was part of the that was part of the um, Marvel TV TV kind of yeah, ABC kind of link up with um, what was the yeah. what was the TV show that the Coulson is lot? What Shield? Agents of Shield, yeah, yeah. it was kind well, of yeah, in that fell in that subset of that. that fell in that subset of Marvel, which. No one talks about it anymore. Pretend yeah. it happened. <laughs> because so, um, they, they were supposed to be doing a TV show of, um, oh, uh, Death Rider, Hell Rider, Ghost Rider, Man. Yeah. What's it called? Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. That's it. Yeah. Um, and that kind of died quietly. I thought the Ghost Rider implementation in Shield was actually quite good. Hmm. I quite yeah, like yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. but it, it, yeah, it's gone quiet along with all of that side of. If it feels like a kind of like that black sheep of the family that you never speak about, I think that's what happens in the, in the halls of Marvel. If you walk through Marvel and you, you say Agents of Shield, you get like taken away into a room for re-education. <laughs> hang on a minute, hang on a minute, Dennis. Did you get to the end of it? Because every time I spoke to you, you were always about he was watching one, <laughs> one season behind. We did we did what well, in Shield? We did finally yeah. get to the end of it. What we haven't finished watching Amazing. is Run Runaways or Cloak and Dagger. Okay. Actually, so I, was, I was quite enjoying Runaways, and I was quite yeah. I really really enjoyed Runaways season one. Season two was a shame because you can tell they got shafted by the fact that everything got cancelled. So it was. But there's a season three as well. Or am I thinking of season three? I haven't seen season three. So, um, wait, but no, I thought it was only two seasons. No, there's three seasons. Oh, maybe it's the third season I'm thinking wasn't as good then. And then there's Cloak and Dagger, which ran for two seasons, and I've only seen the first season of that. I, I watched some of that. It was. It's a bit. It's a I bit teenage like it. angsty, isn't it? It's a bit. Yeah. Uh, and, and bear in mind, because yeah. of you, Dennis, I watched Lock and Key, which. Is a is basically a kids program, and I quite enjoyed that. But, Lock and Key um, isn't a kids program. Well, it's got kids in it. 
Okay. <laughs> they're, they're the main characters. Yeah, as they are so in the that, comic so book. By that, so by that definition, any TV show with kids yeah. in it is now a kids' program. It's Omen like that. C- oh, no, I was going to say Omen. I was going to say that CBB's movie, Omen. Omen. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. It's a kids' thing, you know. It's Loads a kids' show. That one. Yeah. <laughs> did you um, not like? Did you not like uh, that? Lock and key. No, no, I really did. It was really good. Yeah, um, good, season two's on its way. I'm, I'm amped for it because it, it was way darker and subversive than you think it, it, it is going to be when it kind of gets going. You really should read the comics. Yeah, they are so good. They're so good. Um, they're really, really, really good. And there's, um, there's more stuff than that. But that's, that's maybe for another podcast. Um, yeah. I was going well, to say, with regards to these upcoming movies, I the Eternals doesn't seem to do anything for me watching the trailer. So maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised when I go to the theater to see it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I look at the trailer, I'm like, eh. You know, Shang-Chi, I'm looking forward to. Um, and of course, by that Spider-Man trailer the other day blew my mind. I must have watched it 500 times in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, this is this is more of what we want, you know, yeah. the Spider-Man trailer. Um mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the Eternals not doing anything for me at the moment. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. What about yourself, Imran? Uh, Yeah, like you, Teach. I think they've MCU have totally earned my trust, and you know, in terms of anything that they're kind of going to put out, I find myself gravitating more. Take my money. It is just. (laughs) It does feel a bit like that. Yeah, it's. I I think I find myself kind of gravitating towards the the established characters just because of the investment mm-hmm. in them up to this point. So the, the TV shows in particular, um, that we've, you know, the three that we've already discussed and, um, obviously the Spider-Man trailer. Yeah. Massively. Uh, can I, can I that. just go to that? Like, you know, they've earned your trust and take my money and all of that. You know, Lucasfilm had that right. Even with the prequels, they still had it. And then they did the force awakens and they still had it. <laughs> and then they did rogue one and they still had it. And that's where it stopped. I think as well, I think that the difference between this, between Marvel, MCU, shall I say, and Star Wars is that they, is Kevin Feige. It feels like as long as he's there, we'll be okay. <laughs> but, he, but he might not be there forever. And no, no, I, no, no, I no, Dennis, Dennis, no, no, Dennis, Dennis, <laughs> just, just. But, just, but here's the thing, up sh- until a certain point, the common, the common uniting thing, there was a lot of like, you know, common uniting things in the Star Wars stuff as well. Um, fortunately, John Favreau has brought it back for us, right? With the Mandalorian, etc. So that's well, I mean, great. that's one TV that's one TV show. But at least it's you know Is he gonna be working is he gonna be working across other properties? Uh, yeah, apparently yeah. uh, as I as I hear it, it's a smart um, movie Kathleen Kelly Kennedy's kind of been pushed out a bit. And and John Favreau and what's his name? Um the other director the Clone of, Wars guy, um David. Oh David Feloni has sort of yeah, stepped up. But I don't know if that's true. I, I you know that's just, well, that's I mean, that would, just if, they're, if they're mm-hmm. if they're smart, that would be that would be a very, very clever thing to do. If especially if you got like a Dave Filoni to be a Kevin Fargi across the Star Wars properties. And have that level of just to just to bring that level of continuity across all the different branches of the you know whether it's the TV shows, the movies, the cartoons, and just have that 
kind of one song across across uh, across the entire Star Wars franchise. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, they that, had that. That might, that might be a good thing. They had that in the form of Lucas, um, and, and that doesn't well, always work yeah, out 100%. It doesn't always work out. No, but, but still better than anything that's yeah. come since, really. Yeah. He, what, he, did, he did a really good job of uh, The Bad Batch, I thought. Sorry, who, Filoni? I need to watch that, actually. Filoni, yeah. But on the credits for The Bad Batch, isn't Lucas listed as a consultant? And for The Mandalorian, actually. Yeah. Isn't, that just, that? Isn't, that just some, isn't that just something that they kind of have no, to No, I don't think so. If you watch like a Stanley. Any, no, 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 I don't think so. If you watch no. any of the making of stuff in the background, one of the things that both Favreau and Filoni say is that they consulted with Lucas a lot. It wasn't is, just, it's just not a name thing. Because Lucas hired Filoni to do the Clone Wars in the first place. Filoni is like mm. Lucas's guy. Right, yeah. and if you watch, have you watched any of those making ofs of the mm. Mandalorian and stuff? There's quite, yeah, yeah. you know, he's there quite a lot, and I don't, I don't think it is just. It's not like you know, Stan was ninety years old. Sorry, I, I just did what I said. It was like a Stanley type arrangement. I know he's actually there, and he actually does have mm. input into what they're doing. But yeah, no, this, and you're right. I, I, I know Filoni and Lucas are super tight as well. So, I mean, I, I'm not saying that Lucas. The hand didn't make some missteps with the with, with, with the prequels. I mm. think that definitely happened, but they're nowhere near as bad as what's happened with the last two films. Mm. For sure. They're awful, those movies. Anyway, back to the happy world of Marvel. Uh. <laughs> um, no, I, well, I, I was just going to just chime in and say, yeah, I think I'm kind of in line with yourself, Dennis, around, you know, super pumped for Spider-Man. Uh, keen to see uh, Shang-Chi just to kind of see where that takes the MCU, what sort of direction it goes in, because I don't really know anything about the character or the world that he, you know, exists in. So excited to kind of see that. And the trailer looks pretty cool. I mean, I like my martial arts films, so that that side of it really cool as well. Um, Eternals, I'm not necessarily not bothered. I'm, I'm very interested to see what it's going to bring to the table, because they're talking about some... I, and these are parts of Marvel that I'm not, again, not very well versed with, but they're talking about, you know, celestials and all that kind of, those kind of big concepts. And um, so I'm interested to see how they handle that without, you know, obviously trying to get people to into that kind of cosmic level of storytelling, but without dumbing it down too much. It's um, it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with that. Um yeah, so we shall see. Okay. Cool. Right, I think we've uh, MCU'd ourselves out of conversation. So I think we shall bid our listeners adieu and uh, good night. Thank you very much for listening. Speak to you next time. MCU later. Good day.